0: what is going on everybody it is bar top sports talk your favorite midweek sports show on spotify find us on twitter now nah, we don't have a twitter page
1: we need to man you're in charge
0: we need to though if you want to follow ryan he's at the dude murray and i am at tino bernal 13 on is that twitter. really my twitter i don't know
1: i hope it's not
0: That's something like that that's your twitter handle at least that, that's a quick introduction to us you guys know who we are It's your favorite host, Tino Bernal. Favorite co-host, Ryan the Big Murr, Murray.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: We're coming to you for episode 55 of Bar Top Sports Talk. We hope you guys enjoyed episode 54. This is the last episode of June. Man. Getting into the 4th of July weekend. It is a hot one in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, Bernal Studios is cool, though.
0: Yes, it is. We got the AC flowing. We got the special Boulevard Quirk raspberry rocket pop getting ready to crack open let's do the honors three two one i love it
1: that was on that was man i love it that we, was in sync
0: we hope you all are staying hydrated out there whether you're having to drink with us or if you're just drinking water one of the two stay hydrated stay cool seriously though don't get heat exhaustion don't get heat stroke because this this weather will do it to you 102 degrees last i saw
1: but if you're trying to hoop tomorrow, Tino already put out my Twitter handle.
0: So tell the people where you usually hoop. Is it Antioch?
1: Uh, Strang Park.
0: Is that out in Olathe?
1: No, Overland Park.
0: Okay. I just think of Strang Line Road out in Olathe by the AMC Theaters. So oh, know.
1: yeah. It's normally just me alone missing free throws, but <laughs> the vibes are there.
0: You got to fix the jumper. Come on, buddy.
1: Well You don't jump on a free throw? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, maybe I need to, maybe you're on to something.
0: Raise the calves a little bit, yep, <laughs> we like I said though, we hope you guys are all having a good week. We're gonna preview some of the stuff we have for you for episode fifty five last week, of course, was the n b a draft we previewed a little bit of it, but there was new information, so we gave you guys a little bit of some of the stuff that could potentially happen, and then at the end of the show or after the show, there's completely different news, so examples like Chris Paul is smart there are some things we didn't really get to highlight so we're going to highlight some of this stuff ryan's going to have a, a kind of an in-depth look at the nba draft recap not too much since it's a week old now but he'll give his thoughts on that and we'll have some some of the winners and losers not too much of that ryan's going to give his okc grade what do you think that's, m-
1: that's most of my notes man okay. i'm so hyped
0: okay Two Jayhawks got drafted. We're gonna give you guys an update on that, and then we also—I don't know if you saw before the show—we know who the NBA 2K24 cover athlete is. Well, we're gonna save it for you because I don't think you know.
1: I don't. I—I I have a guess, but
0: it dropped just before the show. So is he a shooter? No. We're gonna save it for that. Huh. I'm telling you, you're, you're. I think you'll like it. You know, MLB week 14 power rankings. We're getting closer to all-star break. We don't have an all-star update this week just because I feel like it's kind of getting repetitive. It's the, basically the same players. I think the top positions, they've already been solidified. Unfortunately, Salvador Perez, is I don't think he's gonna make it in. But last weekend, we're gonna talk about the hype around the MLB. All of the ballparks were filled it was nice to see. And we witnessed some history last night in the MLB from New York Yankees. So we'll save that for you guys as well, give an update on that. The Royals, big news out of the Royals. Owner John Sherman just had a press conference today, actually, so we'll kind of give you guys an update on that as well. And we will get into some NFL news as well. It's only June, the end of June, Training camp is right around the corner, but we do have a little bit of NFL news and regarding the Kansas City Chiefs. Some exciting news, not really getting contract stuff or off-the-field issues, which is good, but some nice little fun tidbits. So we'll get into that towards the later portion of the show. But to start it off, Ryan, what did you think of the 2023
1: NBA draft? I thought it was cool. I I thought it was cool. I think a lot. At least early on, I think it was more predictable than it has been in the past. You know, I think sometimes the number one is usually a lock. So that wasn't a shock. But after that, I was kind of surprised at some of the moves some some teams made. But, I mean, they have scouts and everything for a reason.
0: To me, the biggest surprise, I would have to say, Scoot Henderson going to Portland at number three. Not the fact that he got drafted at number three, but the fact that Portland kept him. And didn't trade him.
1: Yeah, I have that in my notes too. That shocked me. And that
0: him and Damian Lillard, as of right now, are going to be a backcourt duo. Yeah. Very surprising. I did not think that the Portland Trailblazers were going to keep that pick. I think another thing I noticed, I didn't get to watch it, but I was kind of glancing over at the ESPN app and everything and seeing Twitter updates. I think it's safe to say the NBA in today's modern game has a title. Kind of like how, you know, the Ray Schrimmert song, I Ain't Got No Type. Mm -hmm. The NBA has a type. Yep. Just about every player in the lottery, and really throughout, I'm sure you could see throughout the draft and definitely the first round, all of them were six foot seven. Damn near. Yep. That just blows my mind how different the game is compared to, say, 15 years ago, where you could get a point guard that six foot two six foot three it's almost non-existent scoot henderson is an exception yeah that was something that i noticed that just it, the game's just weird now all these six foot seven like 190 pound wings
1: yeah like two-way players
0: yeah now what what rookie are you most excited to see playing the summer league since the summer league is right around the corner. I believe it's next week, actually, right after the 4th of July holiday.
1: Uh, uh, Grady Dick, I want to say, just because, I mean, I know sometimes lottery picks, they might not play or they might not play as much. But Jalen Wilson, I want to say, will definitely get a lot of playing time. So I might say him just because I know he's going to play a lot. I don't know how much Grady will play since he's a lotto pick, but
0: so that kind of leads into the KU part of this. Two Jayhawks, as I mentioned, at the top of the show. Jalen Wilson picked in the second round. What was it, pick? 51. 51. The disrespect. The disrespect.
1: Man, OKC had the pick right before that. Man, I wanted them to get him so bad, and I thought they could have used the like just an older guy. He would
0: have fit the model that they have right now because they, again—
1: well, considering who they used with that pick, I'd pick Jalen Wilson over him any day. But whatever. Who was it? Uh, take a wild guess.
0: Oh yeah, Keontae
1: Johnson. Yeah, he's a good guy. he's a good player. Not better than Jalen Wilson. I'd say more athletic. To be a top player like Jace Jalen Wilson, you got to be athletic. I think he's just sneaky athletic.
0: No, I agree. But it was exciting to see him get picked. Grady Dick fell a little bit in the later portion of the draft lottery, but, I mean, he's still been in the draft lottery. That's really cool. It's always cool to see a Jayhawk in that spot. Gets picked at Toronto.
1: Beginning, like, basically to become, like, almost tradition.
0: It is. It We've really had a lot of them lately. So Grady Dick. Grady Dick was, I think he has become a social media sensation overnight basically after he got drafted.
1: Yeah, definitely. I Even Drake was out there. Yeah,
0: I don't think people realized how goofy of a guy he really is because you didn't you never saw this much I guess expression from him at KU or like you didn't really get to see him from a personal sp- perspective. Now he's definitely in the national spotlight. Yeah. Versus when he was at KU, it's more if you follow KU basketball closely, you kind of got to Kind of got to see him a little bit more often. But now people are really starting to see him as like,
1: he's he's a good guy. Yeah, his TikToks were always all over Jayhawk Twitter.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he's goofy. He likes to have fun. I like the nickname. The nickname, it was on Twitter, I believe, Bleacher Report tweeted it. I think this should stick. It is This is a great nickname for him. Grady Drip.
1: It's one of the best nicknames I've ever heard. I love it. It's but, It's up there.
0: And, you know, to come along with his name, of course, there's obviously, in his NBA career, there are going to be plenty of memes. And as you mentioned, yeah, Drake already used one of them. Yeah. If you follow Drake on Instagram, at Champagne Poppy, I'm sure you've seen it.
1: My favorite part of the draft was how everyone was clowning his outfit. And it took most people until he was picked Like, after the pick, like, when they interview him, you know, when they're waiting for the next pick, when he said that his outfit was, like, the Dorothy shoes, because he's not in Kansas anymore, and they were clowning him all night for that outfit.
0: It was a little, I mean, it was a little out there.
1: Most of them are, but at least that one, like, had a cool little, like, meaning behind it. It wasn't just, he wasn't trying to be a fashion icon.
0: Yeah, that goes back to his Kansas ties, even back to his days at... Wichita or Sunrise Christian Academy in Wichita, and Wichita Collegiate High School. That that is cool. I didn't know that. He he even the what was it his Donald Duck impersonation.
1: <laughs> that man's a legend forever.
0: He I'm excited to see him play. I really don't know. So for we can get, continue talking about the two Jayhawks. What what do you think is the outlook for Grady Dick's career? in toronto do you think he could reach do you think he is a three and d guy one of the better three-point shooters and that's what his role is and he's kind of he's a starter but he's not you know he'll never reach stardom or do you think he could potentially reach stardom because he is athletic too
1: yeah i think if he which don't get i know it's two different organizations with two different trajectories right now but i think if he just watches what christian brown was able to do. And play hard on defense. I think he really can elevate his game, and potentially be a star. I could see it, but I guess it just depends on where certain players go this off season, how big of a role he's gonna have. I mean, he's a lotto pick, so I mean, you think he'd get a lot of playing time if he can stay healthy. You know, he'll put on some more muscle. But I think he's sneaky, sneaky, athletic, and quick. Like some of those blow buys last year, I didn't even expect coming. I know the NBA, obviously, you know, they're more athletic than just college players, you know, cuz he's going to be going against NBA players every night, but 3 and D hustle guy. I, I could see it.
0: I think he's in a good situation too because Toronto could potentially see a shakeup.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: With Fred Van fleet potentially Pascal Siakam, Moji Abunobi, guys like that might not be on the team, which then opens the door for him to have a pretty significant role.
1: It looks like they potentially might be blowing it up.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, it may suck because they could be a team that's in the lottery next year, maybe the year after that. You know, they'll have their ups and downs, and he'll experience losing. But again, that, not the losing will help, but him really getting experience could be, be very beneficial for him. I can't remember who was the coach. Losing Nick Nurse does kind of hurt a little bit, but...
1: I can't even remember who their current, current coach is at all.
0: No, Jalen Wilson, I think is it's in another good position. Not necessarily for player development or the coach, but not to slight Jacques Vaughn, but I mean, is he a prominent name in head coaching circle? Not really.
1: Not yet, but I think he also came into a pretty bad situation.
0: And I think that he's in a position where he could see a pretty good good playing time, good chunk of minutes.
1: I mean, because you got to think, go back to his junior year. He knows how to take the back seat. He doesn't have to be a star. You know, like he knew, hey, this is Ochai and Christian Brown's team. All I got to do is facilitate, get a bucket when they need it. He can hit the corner three. He can drive. I think he. the most important thing is he knows how to take the back seat. He knows that he's not going to be the star. That It's just not. And I think he knows that, but I also think he's motivated because he was slept on. He had a great collegiate career.
0: Yes, he did. Even his senior year, yeah. it didn't end the way he we him and KU fans wanted it. But yeah, he had a great collegiate career.
1: Yeah, I know that doesn't always translate, but I feel like him staying so long at KU is going to help him in the long run, just because we know that he can get a bucket when he needs to, but also he knows how to get his teammates involved. He knows. I guess I'm repeating myself but basically just that and he's a leader he's a proven leader good attitude works hard I mean you have to if you're going to play for Bill Self.
0: I think that that'll make his career potentially longer than others he's a winner too he's he's experienced winning at a high level I think that'll help too kind of what Christian Brown did so yeah. I think it, it's a good situation for him I think he could see a lot of playing time as well because it's not like Brooklyn's bench was that deep last year. Yeah. Now, since we were talking, you said that those are two guys that you're looking forward to playing in the summer league. Will you tune in to watch Wimby play? Victor wimby
1: If he does play, definitely. I if think, he plays in the summer league. Yeah,
0: I'd like to get a sneak peek of wh- how he could look in the league.
1: Yeah, I'm really curious. I want to.
0: It was funny. He kind of turned it on Twitter as well. Draft night. They were saying that he looked like the two kids from little rascals they're in the suit <laughs> yeah he's so tall seven foot five seven three without shoes just unreal
1: it's unreal like i'm sure everyone who knows balls seen the pictures but like how he's basically just a few inches off the ground dunking like me on like an eight foot goal
0: he makes Wilt look short or he makes Wilt not look lengthy
1: i know it's wild And he moves smooth, too. We just got to see how it translates.
0: I'm excited to see him play. Now, another thing that kind of stood out to me, and I don't know if you may have noticed it or not, and it's kind of funny because we lost to them in the tournament, and we, I mean KU, Arkansas had the most players
3: drafted, oddly enough. I don't know how I feel about that. And one went to the Celtics.
1: Who went to the Celtics?
0: Walsh. Hmm. So that that was something that kind of caught my eye. I was not kind of intrigued by that. I'm like, okay, Arkansas.
1: I wonder if that's ever happened.
0: For Arkansas, probably not.
1: I can't tell you a player in the league right now who went to Arkansas. Like,
0: I couldn't either. Actually I'm sure though. if you
1: say his name, I'm like, oh, I know who that player is, but I didn't know he went to Arkansas.
0: Really the only other player that I know that was... A good player at Arkansas was Trevor Relliford. Travis's brother. Mm, yeah. but I mean he didn't even make it in the NBA, so I don't know. That's a, that is a good question. Now that you mention that, but it was Anthony Black, Jared Walsh, and I can't remember the third player. So that was, I was kind of like, yeah, that's a little bittersweet. The Celtics got a guy, and then I'd say one of the last things that kind of caught my eye. And you may agree with me. You may disagree with me. It just kind of goes back to what we said in episode 54 about how, and we may have mentioned it, I don't know, but how great college players don't exactly translate to the NBA, and they don't really get. so, So what we actually talked about was how upperclassmen, guys staying for their senior year, the polished product, guys that may technically in scout's eyes, have peaked. And to them, they don't hold as much value as compared to an 18-year-old or 19-year-old that's just crazy athletic. So guys, for example, in this 2023 draft that went undrafted, Adam Sanogo of UConn, national champion, he had a great Final Four. He was the Final Four Most Outstanding Player. Oscar Sheewe, he was the 2022 National Player of the Year and was in consideration for it again in two thousand twenty three or during the 22-23 season. And then I know you love this guy. Drew Timmy. Multi time, first team all American. Those three guys got undrafted.
1: Wanna what know what's crazy about shibway or however you say his name? I always forget about it. He played against Doke. That's how long he's been. Isn't that crazy? He did. Yep. Yeah. I think it's crazy. I think, yeah, I know he doesn't really have a shot or anything, but you'd think just with how lengthy he is and his size, the rebounding potential, the potential to learn a jump shot, I still think there's potential there. I don't know why they think people peak like that.
0: That guy was a monster on the glass. I know. Why would you not want that coming off the bench at least, at the very least?
1: Yeah, and I'm not even like a – I don't care about Kentucky, but that (laughs) is weird. Like why wouldn't you want him on your roster? Then he, Work on that jump shot. You have all this, these shooting coaches and all these other shooters on the team. You'd think they'd, I mean. It's weird. Yeah, especially for a guy who's not big enough to just sit there and be a shot blocker, like at the next level. I don't know. I thought that was crazy.
0: And he, At times, he showed flashes of having a post game. Mm-hmm. Like he improved throughout his career. And then Adam Sanogo, again, he was the Final Four Most Outstanding Player. I think his stock was at his highest, and he still went undrafted. And he had pretty good size. He's about Oscar Sheewe size, six nine, probably 230 range, 240 range. He's a pretty big guy, fairly athletic. I mean, again, he didn't have a shot, though. And that that's the unfortunate downfall of most of these great college basketball bigs, is that if they don't have a consistent three-point game, they go undrafted.
1: Yeah, or in his case, just any jump shot at all, which I still don't understand because you got to think. I mean, some of these dudes starting in middle school, they might play twenty, thirty, forty games for their middle school, and then go play some of those AAU schedules I've seen. They might play two or three games a day. Wild, a hundred games a summer, like I've seen, and they're like they'll get out of one AAU league, and then they'll go to another one immediately, like. How do you, you so you got to think like realistically, with no exaggeration, thousands of hours in the gym? How do you not develop a jump shot?
0: That is true at too. all. That is true, too. That's a fair point. No,
3: Drew Timmy, he was hated by a
0: lot of people. I didn't really care for him either, but I he he's the epitome of a great college basketball player that does not translate to the NBA.
1: I'd say he's the epitome of a great player or a good player going against subpar competition. That's what I think. I think that's why he didn't get drafted because they saw who he played against. Maybe if he played in a better conference and he did that type of put up those numbers against elite level talent. I feel like it would have been hard for him to not get drafted. But
0: That is fair, but at the same time, I mean, he showed up in every, play, uh, every March Madness run.
1: Yeah, did they win a title?
0: <laughs> no. I'm just saying. Not a Gonzaga sympathizer, but he did show up in March Madness.
1: I mean, but they didn't win a title. And that may have hurt his stock a little bit. But you also have to think, though, whenever they played against athletic teams, like especially in the tournament, that is really when he struggled. Like, yeah, he might have put up a lot of points, got some boards, you know, especially because from all the threes being shot and stuff. You know, and he'd go in there and get you a bucket and stuff just from being experienced, the pump fake, stuff like that, ticky-tack fouls, whatever, but I don't know, man. That's just not going to work at the next level like that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's weird, and it's kind of um, another player that comes to mind a few years ago, Luca Garza. Mm -hmm. Kind of the same, same exact thing. Great college big that hasn't really done much. I think he's barely on Detroit's roster right now.
1: I didn't even know he was still on a roster.
0: He may not be. I don't know.
1: No, I mean, I don't I literally don't know.
0: So those were some of the, those were some of the things that really caught my eye. The NBA has a type Arkansas are the most players drafted and some notable undrafted players. Now, what, what were some of the things that caught your eye?
1: I don't know. A lot of the undrafted stuff, I knew there wasn't like a chance for any of the KU people to get on there, so I was just kind of like,
0: Marquise Noel was another one. I was just like,
1: oh yeah, from K State. Mm-hmm. I watched some of that stuff. I just didn't. It's a long, 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 long draft, and then all the other pickups that don't even really get like media attention. It's just on social media. And Then sometimes you don't even see the players who go undrafted.
0: It is true. It, it that is a fair point too. like the nba draft compared to say the nfl draft the nba draft i don't think you could really say oh he was the steal of the draft until at least maybe two or three years after the fact sometimes in the nfl you could say you know in that player's rookie season you could say he was definitively the steal of the draft yeah it's just a different thing so
1: i guess we can lead into the okc Let's go. That that's where all my notes are.
0: Oklahoma City Thunder. How would you gauge their draft? What do you, do you think it was? A positive moving forward. They made the play in. They had some holes they obviously needed to fill. They had a front court depth. We talked about it. I think in the last episode that they needed. They could potentially go that way. But we we were thinking veteran, but they go young guy.
1: Yeah, I would have liked. And I guess they still could because I know I believe starting July 1st or whatever is like when they can start doing like the free agent stuff and they can start making other moves. I would have liked to. I don't know. I'm still going to give them an A. I don't really like Keontae Johnson, but he's tall. You know, he can go out there. I don't know. Experience, rebounding, defense. He needs to develop a jumper and a three to be able to spread the D. But. I don't know, I just don't really like, I don't know, I give them an A just because, you know, I love OKC, but mainly because of the defensive aspect, because, like, they drafted Case and Wallace out of Kentucky. He's 6'3", with a 6'8", wingspan. He's known for getting steals, and he, he like, focuses on defense, and that's, like, what OKC's known for. Because, like, Shy, two steals and a block a game. Giddys almost at a steal a game. Dort has a steal a game. Williams let, has a steal a game and led the league in charges taken. And then if Holgram can come back healthy, I feel like Keontae. I don't know. I'm still gonna give him an A. I really like it. I like
0: them getting Keontae Johnson in the second round. I'm not gonna lie. I
1: would have liked Jalen Wilson more, but I guess you know you can make the argument maybe he's more flashy with his uh, athleticism, So maybe that. I don't know. I mean, I I also understand he was a first-round pick before all of his medical issues and stuff, or at least a projected first-round pick, so maybe that's why. And now that he's healthy, you know, like, because when he got cleared by K-State, we thought that was kind of weird that that was the only medical staff that cleared him, but obviously they got to go through all the medical testing. But I really liked it with the pieces they already have. But I ho- really hope they get a true big. I think I think that would help a lot.
0: Well, I thought the guy that he drafted was the center. Or is he a power forward in the first round?
1: Kaysen Wallace.
0: Was it Kaysen Wallace?
1: Yeah, he was drafted 10th. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think he's like 6'3". Okay, never mind. Never but mind. like 6'8 wingspan. Never mind, yeah.
0: Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of a different player.
1: Because really they don't... Really their roster is full of a lot of small forwards and power forwards. So I would like...
0: We did mention they need to backcourt depth.
1: A solid backup big man or like a solid power forward. Which they have a lot of picks, you know, with free agency and everything. Or whatever happens July 1st when they can start doing that stuff, maybe. I don't
2: know.
0: I, th- I like the I like their draft. The answer, so the point guard. That's good. They needed a backup point guard because, again, they mainly have wings. But then you add another wing off the bench, Keontae Johnson is an explosive athlete. I like it. I think they're moving in the right direction. They do need veteran. veterans, though. Yeah, they do. I think that's the one thing they're lacking, and definitely front court.
1: It's like Keontae Johnson, yeah, like I want him to do good. He's no longer a wildcat. I don't care what anyone says. So I'm going to root for him. He plays for OKC. But I think they kind of have too many players that are like defensive specialists. So that is kind of the trouble because, like, I think Giddy averaged like 17. I think Dort averaged 14.
0: I like Josh Giddy. He's good.
1: Yeah, he averaged 16. Dort averaged 13. Williams averaged 14. Shy averaged 31. Who knows? I mean, if Holgram can play well, I mean, I don't know. I still feel like they need a backup big or like a, just a really big power forward. I agree which they they might make moves they, they have could. a lot yeah. of pick a lot of high high draft picks over the next few years too, so it seems
0: like they probably have a lot of cap space too. I don't know the numbers, but I'm sure they do, considering that I mean they don't resign a lot of big free agents, and shy's really the only guy that has a high payroll.
1: yeah, I mean, they unloaded everybody who was taking up cap space.
0: they're in a really good position to within the next two years to really. Move forward to potentially being a contender
1: I mean they still have first round picks for people who play for two different teams or two other teams, however you phrase it. so what do you think about the Celtics draft?
0: Jared Walsh out of Arkansas I'll tell you what he pissed me off in the MCA tournament against the against the R j Hawks. I will say that he's a pest he's a six. Think believe. Look him up real
3: quick. Let's see if he fits the archetype of the NBA. I think he is 6'6. I don't know why he's not popping up. I should have came more prepared. I apologize, folks. Oh, Jordan Walsh. Maybe that's why he's not popping up.
0: Here we go. Here we go. So he's 6'7". Again, the NBA has a type. 6'7", wing, 205. Pretty muscular. Athletic. He's a great defender. He's a pest. Losing Marcus Smart in the Porzingis trade, which we we're technically wrong about because I mean we got first reports that it was Malcolm Brogdon but then the trade fell through for Porzingis because of medicals It was a three-team trade Brogdon was going to get shipped to the Clippers but it was reported that Brogdon's I believe his forearm injury that he sustained in the playoffs was concerning to the Clippers so that fell through so then it became just Washington and Boston we should have Marcus Smart to them. Bittersweet. That's your kind of your guy. That's your heart and soul of your team. But you add a seven-two-seven-three, basically power forward. He's not a legit center, but he's a power forward that can score. You get paint presence. I mean, seven-seven-three. He's obviously. kind of
1: beefier too, though. You yeah, know? he's put
0: on size since he came in the league for sure. I mean, he's gonna—he's essentially a block shot blocker at this point. So, I think
1: he averaged like 20 last year.
0: Yeah, he he's going to improve our offensive game. But getting Jared Walsh in the draft, he was the Celtics' only draft pick. Getting him in the second round at pick 38, I believe. I love it. He's young, only 19 years old. Again, six, seven. I think you can feel comfortable with letting Grant Williams walk, knowing that you're bringing him in.
1: Yeah, we got to say, let's say... You know, the 76ers are able to get a lot out for the James Harden thing, and they face off again in the playoffs again. Now you have someone who's going to guard Embiid, and you're going to force Embiid out of the paint because Porzingis can shoot that three. He has that capability. I don't have his percentages as up, but I know they're going to have to go out there and guard him. Yeah. That's going to spread the floor.
0: And it's not like they haven't had that before. I mean, they start sometimes Al Horford at the five, but if you get Porzingis into the paint, obviously it's more of a mismatch than having Al down there because Al's six ten versus a guy that's seven three, so it is obviously more more upside there. But I I'm excited about Jordan Walsh. Jordan Walsh, I think I didn't really get to see much of him throughout the season. I mean, we're not obviously not watching Arkansas during the college basketball season, but what he did against Kansas really impressed me. Like I said, he pissed me off. He was a pest that game. He really made Jordan, or he really made Jalen Wilson uncomfortable that game. Grady Dick was kind of irrelevant. I mean, he he played really well that game against Kansas.
1: He knew the assignment.
0: He did. Arkansas gave. He was a freshman. Arkansas trusted him completely with guarding KU's best players, and he delivered. So I think that's a good sign. I think he could potentially have the same caliber rookie season that Christian Brown provided for the Denver Nuggets. Granted, Christian Brown was a junior when he came out, and Jordan Walsh is only a freshman, but still he had that defense, the athleticism, able to make stuff happen to transition. I don't really know too much about him as a shooter, but I'm I'm excited about him. I think it was a really solid pick for them.
1: I mean, you got to think he was guarding two. NBA players. They both got drafted. One of them was a lotto. Like you said, he made them uncomfortable.
0: He looked he looked really good against Kansas. I can't even I can't even lie. I, I hated the outcome obviously, but no he he looked impressive. I think that was enough to definitely raise his draft stock, and I think that's why he came out obviously early. So I'm happy with it. Now post draft. There is a few moves made by a, a few NBA teams. The Utah Jazz now have. Do the Utah Jazz have one of the best front courts in the NBA now, Ryan?
1: Yeah, it's looking like it. Maybe.
0: La- Laurie Markinen. What was his name last year? He was a rookie. Uh,
3: Walkler, we've Walker about Kessler Walker. Or Walker Kessler.
0: Walker Kessler. That was who it is. He was a rookie. And then now you add John Collins to the mix. So you have three pretty athletic bigs. Sorry, marketing.
1: I think the most shocking part about that was Rudy Gay. I didn't even know he was still in the league. I didn't either. I literally didn't.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. I was kind of surprised by that. That caught my eye. I was like, what? I was like, what? For Rudy Gay, John Collins. Yeah, is that is that a little bit disrespect for his value, or is that what he's worth?
1: From what I saw, they were just trying to get rid of his
0: contract. Yeah, it's interesting. I think if I was a front office executive, I would value him a little bit more. Yeah, I would want a little bit more than Rudy Gay in return. I think they might have got like a second round pick or something, but yeah. That that was interesting to me. So Utah is out here making moves. Other than that, there hasn't been too many teams. We did get reports before the show started. The 76ers, we talked about it last week that they could potentially bring James Harden back in free agency. Now it's being reported that they could potentially trade him. And you kind of alluded that alluded to that a few times.
1: Yeah, Woj well, said that they're working together.
0: That is interesting.
1: I mean, he's not 100% right, but he's normally pretty right, so I don't know.
0: What are potential trade destinations for James Harden? Well, he was, was through?
1: reporting, I believe, he said the Clippers and Knicks or the Clippers and somebody else. I can't remember, but the Clippers thing kind of confused me because I was like, what? You, you I feel like... Paul George doesn't really fit unless you're going to move Tobias Harris. I I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like, I don't know. Do you think? And they don't really have any picks, and you definitely don't want to pair Russ with Embiid. Also, they don't like each other. But also it's said that Russ wanted, like, wanted to stay with the Clippers, so I don't know what they could offer.
0: Uh, Russ isn't technically on the roster, though, is he? I,
1: I'm not sure. I think they said it would have to be a friendly contract, but it was reported that he wants to stay there. But who I, knows?
0: I just wonder how Harden and say, say if they do ship Paul George out and say they do move on from Russell Westbrook and essentially move forward with James Harden as their point guard, how do you think Harden and Kawhi gel together?
1: It doesn't sound like it'd be. Harden's old, man. He's getting old. He doesn't play defense. Very inconsistent in his times. I think he did lead lead the league in in assists just because he played with Embiid. I know he had that what fifty six point game or something fifty one something like that in the playoff. Obviously he can score, but just I don't know. He I think he's just such a liability. I don't know why you'd want to take on because it's a thirty six million dollars like that hits hard no matter what the team is.
0: That's not bad compared to some contracts that guys that are up for Supermax or even guys that have signed Supermax in the last few years like bradley beal i believe bradley beal is over 40 million
1: yeah but with james harden the no defense the work ethic issues and also the weight issues and it's not just last season that he's came into this season out of shape it seems like the last three or four years that, that i can remember at least that he's kind of came into the season where it takes him a quarter of the season to get going
0: He's a busy off season, man. He's uh, he's off the court activities.
1: I don't know. I just don't. I just don't know who would want him. I mean, I get what he can offer, but to me, with his age, how old is he now, man?
0: Thirty three, at least thirty four. Probably good pushing thirty four.
1: Not everybody's LeBron James, you know. I don't know.
0: No, no. I am curious. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah, he's 33. Man, has time flown.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I remember when he was a part of the Thunder and the the Mom Made Pizza Rolls meme. Yep. If you're listening, the listeners, if you catch that reference, you'll know what I mean.
1: If you're a real one, you know. Okay, so that's
0: kind of where the off-season news is right now as far as rumors goes and as far as moves. Have you? Has anything else caught your eye? Has anything else crossed the Twitter sphere on the timeline? No. Well, wow, as we uh, wrap,
1: other than the Damian Lillard stuff, I mm-hmm. think that's getting really, really weird.
0: That is. We we've, we've talked about that the past couple of episodes, episode fifty three and episode fifty four.
1: But more stuff has came out even since last week.
0: I'm kind of tired
1: of it. They're waiting to see what the moves are made, and then he also said he wants to go to a team that's not stacked, but they have a shot. I don't know.
0: That's, that's just really, weird. Really,
1: I feel like kind of the biggest story this off season, really.
0: That's just weird. He doesn't want to go to a stacked team, but he also he but he wants to go to a team, basically like Miami Heat. So just say Miami, and yeah. just move on. I knew that was gonna happen, though. I knew because as I talked about. The Portland Trailblazers, the thing that caught my eye, they didn't trade that pick. They drafted Scoot Henderson. Dame's not going to want to play in a backcourt with a rookie.
1: Yeah, Like I was going to say, what's the dude who played for Baylor a couple years ago? Uh, Prince or whatever? Mm-hmm. He found out <laughs> on Twitter about him not being re-signed or whatever. You know, Harrison Barnes was traded mid-game. If, these franchises have obviously shown that they have no loyalty to the players so why why are you like dude just just leave just say it like it's fine
0: i feel like miami has to be the destination
1: yeah but i know that was one of the talks but i guess portland's not interested in tyler hero or tyler hero would not be able to be a part of that deal i was like who, who are you gonna give to him
0: it has to be kyle lowry uh there Duncan Robinson and some picks
1: I believe it was also released today by Woj if Miami can't find a trade destination for Kyle Lowry he's gonna get cut
0: that's because of his contract remember I told you Mm -hmm. he's making I think north of 20 million Mm
2: -hmm. it's
0: outrageous that's something to definitely monitor though because Dame obviously is one of the biggest stars in the league he's one of the best point guards one of the best shooters the back and forth stuff though Again, I think I said it in the last episode. Do, does Portland trade him? Do they not? Do they trade him? Do they not? You he's know? like
1: the NBA Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, don't on, th- I, don't,
0: I don't really think it's him, though. I think it's the front office.
1: I think it's both. He's had opportunities to leave, and he wanted to be loyal, but now it just kind of makes him look like a weirdo because now he's kind of going back on it, and now he's playing patty cake. It's just weird.
0: Okay, yeah, I see your point there. Now, as we conclude the NBA Draft Recap and preview of the NBA Draft season or NBA off season, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Ryan was kinda of surprised, he didn't know who I was talking about. NBA 2K officially announced their cover athlete. I just want to confirm this so, that, so I don't seem like a casual, but I believe the NBA 2K cover athlete is. Nikola Jokic.
1: Is he going to be, is he like the legendary or legend edition or whatever? Or is he just the base?
0: Standard. Yeah. Standard.
1: Okay. Yeah. They're probably not going to sell a lot of those this year.
0: So I don't think it's been confirmed. Again, this is been reported by the hoop central and different basketball Twitter pages like that. There's already a graphic out, and it, I I feel like it's going to be Jokic. It has to be. It makes sense. Yeah. I'm not I even mean, mad at it. that.
1: They won the title. I, I can't be mad at it. He, I mean, he balled out. I can't be mad at it.
0: He's arguably the best player in the league right now.
1: Yeah, on one hand, I want to say he should be the MVP, but then what he was able to do in the postseason especially, I, I mean... I thought you were going to say John Moran or somebody.
0: No, definitely not. I (laughs) thought you were going
1: to say somebody like that. That's why I asked, is he a shooter? Uh,
0: No, I don't think the NBA would. The NBA is not too happy with him. I don't think he's going to get rewarded. That's funny, though. The dad by God. I'm sure we're going to get an official announcement probably within the next week or so because the game is going to probably come out in late September, early October.
1: Yeah, usually.
0: Are you buying a standard edition with Nikola Jokic on the cover?
1: I don't think I even bought last year's game, okay, man. Been in the gym, boy. I respect video it. games. I'm too addicted, man. Got to stay away from him.
0: We did have some good runs, though, on the, the park.
1: Dude, Tino. If you guys could see, if you guys know Tino, he's just, he's never, like, a flashy person. In two K, just like the NBA, everyone has an archetype. They're all like either like six seven like stretch wings or like max height, like what is it, seven two or seven foot now? Yeah. Bigs. Tino he kept it like his height, the same exact outfit he would wear, no tattoos, no flashy hair color, nothing, no shooting sleeves. Wife beater, some grey shorts. I don't even know if he bought shoes on there. He was giving people trouble though.
0: He was a 6'4 combo guard. play defense and be a slasher. Wasn't a great shooter, but...
1: Hey, we were out there getting dubs, though.
0: That is funny. If you, you guys listening, if you guys actually would... If you know what we're talking about, obviously you don't, but some inside context to this. Ryan and one of our buddies that we played with...
1: Big Papa Fritz. Big
0: Papa Fritz. They were truly convinced that I used the the face of recognition
1: <laughs> dude fritz still says that to this day every time that comes up on my snap memories when they introduce the winners or whatever and it was us three he says that every time he was like he's always dude and if you know fritz he's always like dude tino was a god for no reason he was a god All, like and you guys think like if you guys don't know my park you get you get to take your creative player and it basically plays like aau if that's what you want to call it, or just everyone's selfish. Tino's out there playing team ball, dude. Ultimate point guard, menace on defense, just everything you'd want in a teammate.
0: That's how it was on the real court, too. Dude
1: was like a 70 overall out there. We're playing max max teams, dude. He's out there just frustrating people. They'd re-up. We'd beat them again. They'd leave. It was bad. Clamping. Yep.
0: That's funny. I don't know. I haven't bought an NBA 2K game since maybe 2020, but I think really 2028. I think it might have been the Kyrie cover.
1: Did you just say 2028?
0: Or no, no, 2018. 2018. I did say that.
1: Whatever one we all played together.
0: I it think that's been the that. last one I bought. Yeah, it might have been that, the Kyrie cover. Might have to, I don't know. Might have to get it. We'll see. Before we wrap up the NBA, big announcement as i mentioned not really on our part but the nba nba free agency starts tomorrow on june 30th tune in get your twitter notifications from shams woes usually nba offseason nba free agency is undefeated
1: Antino's twitter he's gonna have all the moves
0: i might we're definitely gonna recap it in episode 56 tune in for that that's all we have for the nba this episode which is where we'll leave off, and we'll lead into the MLB. Week 14 power rankings, things are heating up, not just the weather, but the MLB season as well. As I mentioned, we're essentially past the halfway point. I believe we're over 80 games now. Well, yeah, it's about the halfway point right now before the All-Star break. Tampa Bay Rays in the power rankings. This was as of Monday, of course, or June 26th what is it today's the 29th so three days ago
3: yeah monday
1: wait do i work tonight Ooh, i don't know no no
0: tampa bay rays were number one atlanta braves number two the texas rangers continue to impress and lead the al west they're the number three baltimore orioles number four they're probably going to slide a little bit the arizona diamondbacks have still been a really nice surprise they're at number five i believe they're in the top five last week as well The San Francisco Giants still maintain their spot in the top 10 at number six. Los Angeles Dodgers at number seven. Cincinnati Reds, they've been one of the funnest teams to watch in the past two and a half weeks since L.A. De La Cruz made his debut. They've been really clicking on all cylinders as of late. They've been one of the better teams in the month of June. The Miami Marlins as well. Surprisingly, again, I said it last week, I'm saying it again. These are some weird teams in the top 10. They usually do not see the Cincinnati Reds, the Miami Marlins, the Giants, or the Diamondbacks in the top 10, or the Orioles for that matter. And then capping off the top 10, you have the Houston Astros. They might slide a little bit. I'm not sure.
1: The Royals didn't make it?
0: (laughs) In an alternate universe, yes, they did.
1: Like top 10 worst or bottom 10?
0: So the divisions look like this. You still have the Rays leading the AL East. Minnesota Twins regained the lead over this Cleveland Guardians because the Royals beat the Guardians today. Funny enough, Texas Rangers lead the AL West by five and a half games through halfway through the season. Pretty impressive. The Atlanta Braves, they're still holding down the, AL, or the NL East over the Miami Marlins. I would not have expected Miami to be second place through 80-plus games of the MLB season. Everyone had their money on New York, the Mets to at least compete with Atlanta, because all the money they spent, it's crazy. They ha- they dipped into the luxury tax and now it's just biting them in the ass.
1: Put a dollar in the swear jar.
0: No, we can say that on the radio. Dollar or- in
1: the swear jar, though. <laughs>
0: okay. The NL Central, as I mentioned, the Cincinnati Reds—they've been very impressive. They're leading the division. Very slightly, though. Milwaukee's right on their tail. Pittsburgh isn't far off it either. And then the Arizona Diamondbacks, they are leading the NL West by at least two to two and a half games. Some news out of the MLB Players of the Week. Let me pull it up on Twitter. You have Luis Roberts of the Chicago White Sox. He's homered, I think, in five straight games. I think five out of the last six games he's had a home run. Last week he batted 444, had an OPS of 1, 1.635, four home runs and five RBIs. He's the AL player of the week. And then L.A. De La Cruz, the rookie sensation out of Cincinnati, 440 batting average, 1.342 OPS, two home runs, five RBIs, and he hit for the cycle last Friday as a rookie.
1: I got a bleach report about that.
0: One of the youngest players to ever do so, I believe. Which what kind of made headlines over the weekend. As I mentioned at the top of the show when we were previewing the MLB, it was a great weekend for baseball. People were in the stands. You saw some pretty cool things. You had the MLB London series between the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals. Just to throw out some statistics, from Joe Pompilano, the MLB says that um, this past weekend was the most well-attended Saturday in eight years. Eight years. People People are getting in the stands now. I mean, granted, it is officially baseball season now. I know it starts in late March, and that's the official start, but now is the point where it is officially baseball season. Because it's the boys of summer, no other sports are really going on. So that's the only thing people are going to go do. You know what I mean? Not to throw shade at baseball or the MLB. No, it makes sense, though. The average crowd size was 37,995, nearly 40,000 fans per each MLB stadium. And eight games had crowds of 40,000 plus. It was really cool to see. Especially leading up to the MLB All-Star break. Hopefully it stays that way. And then also talking Baseball on Twitter. They have a pretty fun Twitter page. They reported three days ago that MLB attendance is up 7.8% over last year. The league also announced that over 1.5 million fans attended games for the third straight weekend. The first time it's happened since 2017. I think that also could be a factor of the pitch clock. So fans are more probably inclined to go to the games now they're not lasting as long.
1: Yeah, and like the COVID stuff is like over, over now.
0: Yeah, it's become a thing of the past in a way. So another highlight that happened over the weekend too, if you were in Colorado or if you follow the Colorado Rockies, you're probably very depressed, probably as depressed as a Royals fan right now. But then again, not really, because he won the series. But the Angels, they made franchise history. They put up 25 runs against them, I believe, on Saturday night, and won 25-1, to yet they lost the series against them. That is the epitome of the Los Angeles Angels. They have two of the best players in the world, yet they cannot sustain success, success, and they can't make, it doesn't translate to playoff success either. It, it doesn't make any sense. And this week, I'd say with the biggest headline news for this week for the MLB was Domingo Yerman. Uh, I believe a few episodes ago I pronounced it German because that's what it looks like. But I believe it is Yerman for the New York Yankees. Tossed the first perfect game since 2012. Did against the Oakland A's. It's the 24th time in league history. But funny enough, this is also the same guy. I believe we reported maybe a month ago that he was suspended for sticky substance on his pitches, which makes the spin rate of the ball go a little bit better. So the guy they just got busted for cheating about roughly a month ago throws a perfect game. It's pretty funny, kind of ironic. And then Luis Arise. He's also still been, everyone's watching to see what he's gonna do. Can he hit 400? Through 81 team games, this was reported yesterday by MLB, the halfway point, Luis Arises, is close to Ted Williams. Very, very close. Through 81 games in 1941, because Ted Williams was the last player to bat 400. At this point, In 1941, Ted Williams was at 397. Luis Ryes of the Miami Marlins in 2023 is at 396 at this point. Very, very close to making history, essentially. I'm excited to see if he can do it. That's about all we have for the MLB. As far as the league, the Royals, I don't know how they can go from having a strong weekend against the Tampa Bay Rays they they split the series against the best team in baseball. And then they go from that, and then they lose three, or two out of three games against the Cleveland Guardians. In mm. one game, they lost 14-1. to one. Mm. But they did win a walk-off today. Freddie Fermin hit a walk-off single, I believe, in extra innings. So, I mean, they've had their highlights at least within the last week and a half or so. We mentioned it in the last episode, they had their highlights against the Angels, and then they picked up that win against, the big win against Detroit, and then I mentioned they had the success against the Tampa Bay Rays, and then now you have a little bit of success against the Guardians. It's not really translating to wins. I mean, the season is a dumpster fire still. Like, there's really nothing to be too optimistic about. They're going to be a team to watch, though because there are some players that have a little bit of value, trade value at least, with the All-Star break coming up, as I mentioned. It's about to be trade, trade circuit, basically. Their current record is 23-58. and
1: 58. Dude, I, I just hope we're not in our late 30s before they become competitive again. If history repeats itself.
0: Well, it's not going to get it any easier for them over the next couple of weeks. They have the Dodgers coming to town. A big series over the 4th of July weekend. Not necessarily big from a competitive standpoint, but big that you get a national brand coming to Kauffman Stadium. I did get to see them last year. I'll be at the game tomorrow, actually. I'm very excited about that. Anytime the Dodgers come into town, I would encourage people to go see the game. They have some of the best players in the league.
1: I think it's supposed to rain tomorrow, buddy. Storm's in the forecast. You better bring a little poncho or something.
0: That is true. Hopefully, it happens during the morning. Kansas City needs the rain, though, because there's been a drought. Especially with lighting all the fireworks, you know.
1: Yeah, I saw that it, a lot of cities or counties, however that's regulated, were saying they might have to cancel it because it's been too dry. So hopefully, we just get a pour so it doesn't ruin any kids' holidays.
0: Yeah. Now, the funny thing about the Royals, too. So I mentioned the game, they lost 14 to 1. And most mlb affiliated uh, essentially rankings they rank the prospects for each teams and all that like they have their top 100 we've mentioned i believe that the royals have none currently gavin cross and frank azucato i might have just butchered his name but those were two guys that were kind of in the mix and now they've dropped out uh, from multiple sites we just had a rookie get called up from Omaha. Uh, he was a relief pitcher. His name is James McArthur. It was funny. Once he made his appearance in the game, the Royals had a Twitter post for him saying, "Like, welcome to the majors." And shortly after he made his debut, he didn't last. And he didn't last an inning and a half. He went one inning, gave up six hits. Oh man. Seven runs, walked one batter, gave up a home run, forty pitches in one inning.
3: Poor guy.
0: Could not have a more abysmal debut.
1: Anytime you get pulled, it's sad. But man, in his first
0: seven-run inning,
3: forty pitches.
0: It's it's safe to say that they're from a pitching standpoint, the Royals. Farm system is uh not that great, even another kid that people were excited about was Austin Cox. I say kid lightly. He's not really a kid. He's the younger player on the Royals. I believe he's 26 years old, actually. Austin Cox people were saying that he needed to start. He was in the bullpen. he had some really good outings during throughout the month of June, and then he pitches against Cleveland in that same game. Goes three and two-thirds inning, gives it four hits, four runs, four walks. Not ideal.
3: Pain. It is pain.
0: So, I mean, that's the Royals season in a nutshell. Some of the prospects that you're counting on don't exactly pan out. And, I mean, I don't know. It just is what it is. Some other news surrounding the the team, though. Will Klein was selected to the Futures All-Star game. So the Futures All-Star Game is basically the minor league version of the MLB All-Star Game. And we had our pitcher from, I want to say, either Omaha or Northwest Arkansas. He got selected. He was the only Royals minor league affiliate to do so. So maybe he pans out. We'll see. I don't know too much about him. Some injury updates from reported by Ann Rogers. I believe she's a beat writer for the Royals. Brad Keller, he had a soul, shoulder injury. He began his rehab assignment a couple days ago. Michael Massey had an index finger injury. He was taking he was taking batting practice on the field a couple days ago. Josh Stallmont had a neck injury. He faced a setback and is getting more tests. And then Amir Garrett and Ryan Yarbrough, or Yarbrough are continuing their rehab assignments in Omaha throughout this week. Kyle Isbell has returned to the lineup. I believe he's been out since mid-May. He had a hamstring injury. But the real news news that people wanted to know, we alluded to it at the beginning of the show, regarding the Royals, the big interview that owner John Sherman had today. I thought we were gonna talk about it yesterday, But we move the episode to today. We ended up getting new information. John Sherman basically took accountability for the Royals' poor season, as he should. He's a billionaire and hasn't really contributed to much as far as signing players, putting a winning product on the field. He did, however, also add the future of Kauffman Stadium. Basically, to sum up his entire press conference. One quote, it's time to leave the K. And he seemed very serious when he said it too. We've talked about this over the past year of this show. The rumors have turned into more, Fact. s- yeah, more so facts at this point. The attraction is be- just keeps growing. It's a done deal at this point, I think.
1: He's a billionaire white dude. It's gonna happen whether we like it or not. I think you should have to put a winning product on the field first or at least a competitive product, but maybe I'm a casual. Maybe it'll help turn things around. Maybe other people have different opinions. I don't know.
0: It's unfortunate. I think the consensus of Kansas City agrees that they'd like to see a winning product first rather than a new stadium.
1: I haven't seen or talked to anyone who supported it yet. Neither have I. I don't know why I follow so many royal stuff on Twitter, but not a very popular thing.
0: There's only like a few people that are excited about a downtown ballpark. Don't get me wrong. It, would it be cool? Yes. Would it be a great experience? I'm sure if they did it right, yes. But if you're going to do it in another area other than that, I think it kind of loses its luster. I just don't think, and even he mentioned it in his press conference that Kauffman Stadium, and I wanted to talk about it a few episodes ago when we came back from vacation and you asked me about the difference between Kauffman and the other ballparks that I visited. Kauffman's outfield is one of a kind. You have those fountains, they're iconic. You have the crown board, the crown vision, it's iconic. You have the Hall of Fame out there. You know, it truly is one of a kind in terms of the outfield. The stadium, I mean, you've been to one ballpark, you've been to most of them, but it really is a unique ballpark. I think the infrastructure is pretty good. The only problem is there's nothing surrounding it. And I think that's why John Sherman wants to move the team to another location in Kansas City. Now, he mentioned two sites these have been in the news for, especially over the last month or so. The Kansas City stars reported on it. They're talking about the East Village, which is in downtown, I believe. They mentioned that it was by the Kansas City Police Department, I believe, or Clay County in North Kansas City. So either, and that's become the big debate, do you keep them in Jackson County or do you move them into Clay County? I don't know. Jackson County residents obviously don't want to lose the Royals, but they don't want to pay the the money for the new stadium, and rightfully so.
3: It's a bittersweet moment. It really is.
0: And I've thought about it before the show, and especially as when I'm going to go to the game tomorrow. You know, I want to take in as much, really soak in Kauffman Stadium as much as you possibly can. They're going to be there until 2028, but still. The fact that that the stadium that, I don't know, for me at least, I grew up loving, even though the Royals have sucked for the most part, minus 2014 and 2015, it would be sad to see it go. The only positive that comes out of it is that the Chiefs then had the possibility of building around Arrowhead and adding a really cool kind of a village right there.
1: That'd be cool.
0: That's one of the only things. I think they're just playing chess, or they're playing checkers. They're just sitting back watching how the Royals are going to move, and then they're going to, Clark Hunt, Mark Donovan, and company, they're going to strike. Because there haven't been any talks about what they're planning to do. Because both teams, their lease is up in twenty twenty or 2030. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Truman Sports Complex over the next seven years. Something to watch before we wrap up the MLB segment LSU won the College Baseball World Series their 7th in program history their AD has been on fire The athletic director he of course had the I can't remember her name she was the women's oh Kim Mulkey she kind of drew headlines during March Madness with all the flashy outfits getting on the court bumping into referees i don't know if you saw that or not ryan
1: yeah I try to avoid that but yeah
0: so since he was hired in 2021 lsu athletic director scott woodward made three coaching hires in the seventh month span it was the kim mulkey the women's basketball coach brian kelly the football coach jay johnson the baseball coach and he has now a women's national championship this year an SEC West title in football, and then College World Series all in the same year. Pretty impressive. Funny thing with them, too, about the College World Series for the LSU, their fans traveled well to Omaha. And I don't know if you saw or if the listeners, if you guys have seen the the amount of jello shots that were purchased <laughs> at one of the local bars in in Omaha. It goes to a good cause. So the money, they raise money off Jell-O shots. There were $5 dollars Jello o shots, and I believe. LSU bought over 60,000 of them. Ooh. Yeah, it was a lot. And I could be wrong on that number. It might have been more. So really cool. It went to a good cause. Now to end the show, let's talk a little bit of football. NFL news, not a whole lot, but some that caught my eye. Ryan, you might have seen some of it as well. The Jets are set to air on Hard Knocks on HBO. They're actually Max is what it's rebranded now,
3: or at least the streaming service app. Do you think they're a good pick? I don't know. I guess we'll really see
1: who Aaron Rodgers is.
0: I think he's going to try to avoid the camera time as much as possible.
1: Oh, there's cameras everywhere in every room. On If he's a weirdo. Like, guaranteed, we're going to see it.
0: So, I think this would be their first appearance on Hard Knock since the Rex Ryan era. Dang. Yeah, it's been quite a while. They're going to, I mean, they're getting national national publicity now. As I mentioned a few episodes ago when we were talking NFL schedule, they're going to get their first Sunday Night Football host. They're going to host the game, first one since 2011. So, a lot riding on the season for the Jets. Antonio Brown was sued by. His arena team that he owns, all the arena players on that team sued him. Apparently, he wrote checks that he couldn't uh, deliver on. All the checks that he wrote for the players uh, bounced. Oh. And he took them back, I believe. So, he, I think that team that he owns is in Albany, Albany, New York. I think the year prior, they were one of the better teams in that league. And Antonio Brown got them kicked out. <laughs> They're no longer uh, affiliated with that league.
3: He, his his
0: downfall has just continued to build.
1: It's sad.
0: It really is. He used to be one of my favorite players, believe it or not, in the NFL. I liked his game a lot with it, in his prime with the Steelers, even though I hated the Steelers. Yeah, it's sad to see how he has turned personality wise and just his off the field issues it's really sad hope he gets help on a brighter note I have some positives for the Chiefs Ryan you'll like this one one of the newest Chiefs this off season made headlines this past week so the Chiefs reported three days ago that Chiefs kingdom has a chess king yes sir Drew Tranquil former Los Angeles Charger, bested seven other NFL players in the Blitz Champs 2 tournament, earning a $25,000 donation to Care Portal.
1: Did I you, wonder what his ELO is. or not? Elo, yeah, ELO, whatever.
0: Were you familiar with that he was a chess player?
1: Uh, not until you brought it up to me. I
0: thought that was really
1: cool. That I think he brought it up to me last week. I, I thought that it, was really cool.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. Who would have thought? He's already making an impact. He's a good, damn good linebacker, too. I'm excited to see him play.
1: I wonder what his ELO is, man. I wonder oh, I wonder what it is so bad.
0: We need to get you a match with him.
1: Dude, he can catch ease whenever.
0: <laughs> and then another news for the Chiefs. The Chiefs and Dolphins hype is real. The Frankfurt-Germany game, the hype of this game is real. The tickets for that game sold out in 14 minutes. There's 1.4 million people that try to purchase tickets. I believe the stadium capacity is only 60,000. Maybe a little less.
1: Chiefs Kingdom, boy.
0: That is Chiefs Kingdom. I, I can't say the same for the Dolphins. I don't know if their fans are traveling that well. I mean, that's just the brand I think the Chiefs have now overseas Patrick Mahomes he's worldwide now it's really cool to see speaking of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs Patrick Mahomes was nominated for two SB. ESPY. the SBs, if you're not familiar with that is basically the Grammy or Oscar version for sports it's the best night in sports is what they call it it's the biggest award show they have it at the Nokia Theater I believe in Los Angeles could be wrong. I'm not sure. ESPN hosted it though. Obviously, that's where they get the SBs from. Patrick Mahomes was nominated for best male athlete and best football player. And the Kansas City Chiefs were nominated for best team. I think either them or Denver wins best team. And I think Patrick Mahomes, he has to win best male athlete.
1: Yeah, you'd think. I was trying to think about the argument for the Chiefs, and it's like I was saying, well, there's so many more, like, movable pieces in the NFL, but then I guess you could argue there's less movable pieces in the NBA, so, like, they're more important pieces. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound biased, but
3: then again, Denver, that's their first one.
1: I, I don't know who wins it. I, I guess, like I guess you might. can't be mad either way. but
0: No, I like the Nuggets. I think they, I think they win it, though.
1: Either way, it'd be, a, be an award for Christian Brown. I'm sure he'll get something for it. <laughs> yeah. Some kind of plaque or trophy.
0: It might be in L.A. That is true. I didn't think about that. So that's all we have for the NFL and for the Chiefs. And before we end episode 55, Ryan, I asked you about this before the start of the show, if you were a fan of the 4th of July or not. Obviously, we're getting into the 4th of July weekend. I hope you all stay safe, first and foremost. But Ryan, what are some of your favorite traditions growing up about the
3: Fourth of July? Uh,
1: Spending them with my grandma, probably.
0: Some good cookouts back in.
1: Yeah, or going over to Pawpaws and grilling. I was never much of a firework kid. I mean, I would, but. What's a
0: what's a go-to? On your plate at a cookout,
1: macaroni always. If they don't have macaroni and cheese, I'm not going.
0: Facts. Are you a fan of big baked beans?
1: Depending on who's making them, yeah.
0: You gotta try my mom's.
1: I'd be honored. I work Fourth of July though.
0: Yeah, I no, I think she's out of town anyway. But
1: well, no, you got my hopes up.
0: <laughs> I just had to bring it up. She has great. She makes great baked beans. What uh, what would you say if you didn't have to work? What would be a go-to drink of choice? An adult
1: beverage? I don't know, man. These Quirks were pretty fire. Only 90 calories.
0: Was that your first time trying the Bomb Pops? Yep. The Rocket Top. Yep. We're putting you guys on right now. Me and Hector talked about them last year, but really, Boulevard Quirk, the Raspberry Rocket Top, you have to, or Rocket Pop, you have to try it.
1: It'll be an explosion of greatness in your mouth. I don't know. Pause. Tried to make a fourth of July thing, it just didn't work. Pause. I tried though.
0: Pops. That was a little suspect. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Man. No, I highly encourage you all to, to drink these over the weekend. They're very delicious. I say mine. One of my one of my favorite traditions that I like to do. I think I mentioned it last year. You take an artillery shell, right? You know, they go in the tubes. You take it out. If you have the space to do this, do it. But what's the saying? Kids, don't do this at home. Don't do this at home.
1: Don't try this at home. Yeah, don't
0: try this at home. I like to put the artillery shell in the street by my house, light it, and you run. And it explodes in it because, you know, it's supposed to go up in the sky. So obviously it expands, but it expands in the street. But it it's really cool because when it's dark, it lights up in the, the street. In yeah, it is cool. So. I don't know why, but I do like that. What I have on my plate. I have baked beans, of course. I'm a big sides guy. Broccoli salad. Oh. Broccoli slaw. Broccoli. you don't like broccoli? Bruh, no. You gotta try my ants so. though. No. You can't knock it till you Wait
1: try. the the one where we've done the podcast at? Mm hmm. Well, out of respect, I'd try it, but
0: Yeah, no, no, you'll like it. It has raspberries, some uh some nuts in it.
1: Raspberries and broccoli? Oh, no, no
0: no, cranberries, cranberries, sorry.
1: Fruit and vegetables. Yes. Okay. Dude, you, you can't knock it. You
0: gotta try it. I'm telling you, coleslaw.
1: That's red flags everywhere. Oh, absolutely not. Big coleslaw what? guy.
0: What? Big coleslaw guy. It has that. My mom makes the good one. coleslaw too. She adds uh, green apples in it. Gives it a little bit of a crisp and a little bit of a refreshing taste. Mac and cheese. I do agree with you though. You gotta have mac and cheese at
1: the. Book. Hot dog or hamburger, if you had to choose. Death ray pointed at the earth hamburger I feel you
0: speaking of traditions hot dogs do you watch the Nathan's hot dogs hot dog eating contest
1: no it makes me nervous
0: <laughs> I can see yeah I can see that
1: for real like nervous nervous
0: real quick before we wrap up this over or under how many glizzies is Joey Chestnut consuming all of them <laughs> We hope you guys all enjoyed episode 55 of Bar Top Sports Talk. Stay safe this weekend, first and foremost, as I mentioned. Have a great time with your families. Keep all extremities. Make sure you're healthy enough to tune in for episode 56. We'll see you guys then.